Travis, Travis P. Travis, Travis P. I'm all good, man. I'm set up and I'm ready. How are you doing, brother? I'm pumped for this episode because this is the most prep I've done for an episode so far, I think. I'm also excited because last episode you said you've done a lot of prep as well. So I feel super prepared. Are you gonna make but are you gonna make us stick back. to a structure this week? Are you gonna drive me drive me towards structure again or are we just gonna loosey goosey loosey Well, goosey, I feel baby. like if I drive you towards structure loosey-goosey. you will <laughs> ignore it mostly and but we'll we we'll kind of get a good balance. So if I'm being really strict, I can keep you not in line, but like a mild zigzag. How does a mild zigzag sound? <laughs> It's like when like a little kid's trying to stay on track with something and then there's like an adult there that just kind of picks them up and puts points them back in the right direction again. They start mm. off and they're heading towards their goal and then they kind of end up veering off. It's like, whoop, whoop, steer you back. Um, <laughs> I've you know- compared it to a bit more like uh, walking a pug that has like <laughs> shoes on one side. So it's like <laughs> one way, one way and another way. Yeah, I, I would. I guess a pug is fitting as well. I am excited because I think episode five is going to be the week where we have no technical difficulties. So episode one, <laughs> I had no microphone. Episode two, I'm going to say I had a microphone, but we recorded it through Zoom and it was a little bit like... <laughs> episode three, I wore my headphones over my woolly hat <laughs> and oh, we had a, yeah the headphones were leaking and, and you had to sort that out and then last week i had everything almost set up correctly except i didn't have my microphone set to audition so actually it didn't record through a microphone it recorded <laughs> through my headphones but luckily you saved the day last week i had a backup yeah that was so okay funny. When you're working with idiots, make sure you've got a set a plan B, basically. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, just make sure that you can do it all yourself instead. <laughs> so you're not relying on the talent. <laughs> so this week, I think I'm set up. I think I'm prepped. Um, uh-huh. I'm a little bit dusty. I'm a little bit muddy, but I'm good to go. Good. Well, to our listeners, welcome to Travis Pepper mentoring a, mor- uh, mentoring a moron. I'm Travis Pepper, and with me is the ever- Magnificent and uh, miniature man, known as uh, <laughs> our moron. Man. This is not- <laughs> Last week I said I was a brick shit house, and then this week, oh, br- sorry, the, yeah, the six foot two <laughs> brick shit house what was <laughs> shit brick house more like oh, uh, the miniature. Last week we what did we, we last week we spoke about uh, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie and uh, free solo with uh, Annex Honnold which was crazy uh, to talk about. And we've got another crazy person that we're talking about uh, this week, um, the Iron Cowboy. Crazy uh, We're also okay. going to be talking about... What else are we going to be talking about? So we've got Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. So like, I think there should be a bit of a disclaimer before we dive too far into it. If you don't like bad language, I'm really sorry. I do try and watch my mouth, but I think I get a free pass on this episode because... The word fuck, the word fuck is going to appear so many times um, because even just taking the notes, I was just like, oh, he says fuck all the time, this guy. So anybody listening that gets offended, I apologize. I usually try my best, but this week I'm going to, 
give less of a fuck because that's what the book says. So yeah, nah. that's what the book says. Yeah, that's 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 very. I'm proud of you. Oh, taking it in already. Yeah, and then um, you've also got something for yes, us. My Chemical Romance, of course. I, I hope mm. we get through all three. Yeah, I'm not confident we will because we seem to get to two at a time. Yeah, especially um, with the book like uh, a book like this one, I feel like we could uh, go on for a while. But before yeah. we get stuck in, let's just have a. How was your week then? What about um, ready steady jingle? Do we not do that? I wanted to give him a jingle. Okay, do you want to do it? Like, do, do you want to call it in? You <laughs> get, right? You're a bit excited. Ready steady jingle. <laughs> <laughs> You sometimes feel like a moron Don't worry, we've got one too Because we're not that clever But we make it all up With our can-do attitude So if you like a bit of banter With me and this old wanker We've got just the thing for you We've got lots of content and it won't make sense. It's the Travis Pepper Show. Go and get Mr. Jingle and bring him to the podcast. Nice one. Yeah, I wish we could hear it. I kind of wish that we mm. could hear it because like, I know, I know, I know that he's going to play at that point, but I've not heard it yet. And um, no, it would be but nice. That, to- that gives you one thing to look forward to when listening to the podcast back to check if we've made any mistakes. <laughs> you we're get gonna, to hear the jingle. We're going to be under pressure to like last week's like jingo, 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 jingle intro was. <laughs> was very, jingo Unchained. <laughs> it's like the swaggerly bollocks last week. That tickled me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, last week's jingle intro is very good. I don't think we'll top that. So we just mm. have to keep coming up. Eventually we will do. Um, how was my week? Did you say my week was pretty uneventful, mate? I don't think, you know, like last week we were speaking about girls that were coloring in my genitalia blue. I don't think I can top, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I can top that for a little while. Um, okay. I had a conversation. I was chatting with my brother yesterday. Here's an interesting question for you. Um, the, the question was, how many people do you think it would take to piss out the sun. Huh. What a question. <laughs> <laughs> so what there's the like, hell? there's a little bit of gra- We were thinking about it because I was like, obviously like hypothetically, if you can get the people to the sun, right. And they're not going to die. You know, I know there's all those factors and mm-hmm. you've got unlimited people with unlimited amounts of we, is it possible? That's what we were trying to figure out. Like, it's going to be in the trillions, I would have thought. And the concept was that it was like one, two, three, we. So like everybody, like in unison, we's at the same time. We also said that it would be men. So you've got better directional capability. Um, Can I say that? I don't know if I can say that. I don't know. Would better directional capability be better? Or do you want more of a... I can't believe we're discussing this. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want more of a fit finger over the end of the uh, the hose kind of situation where it spreads out a lot better? <laughs> no, that's not what it's like when girls go to the toilet, surely. <laughs> we are obviously not it's an not expert a, on this. Are you saying We're obviously don't... not an expert on discussing like what it takes to put out the sun. The only, but, like, <laughs> that's not the bit that that's not the bit that got me. It was the fact that like I'm sure women have a flow, not like a 
finger, like not like a mist. They don't go in there and mist. It's like still. <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? That's the bit that got me. <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine that. It's the girls instead of saying I'm going to the toilet. I'm just nipping off for the old uh, finger over the hose situation. <laughs> I'll be back. Oh. In but <clears throat> well, but we managed cut- to bring it back to uh, to Willie's. Genitals yeah. and willies pretty quick. Yeah, that's true. Um, but the, yeah, I, I I don't think you could. But I guess eventually it's got to give, isn't it? You know? I it's think got- there are many more factors that will be... Uh, re- you need to take into account in your operation to piss out the sun. Yeah. Uh, personally. You'd be gutted if you actually managed it, wouldn't you? The whole world went black. Oh, shit. <laughs> What do we do now? <laughs> it's like that Jurassic Park quote. It's like, we spent so long trying to work out if we could that we didn't think about whether we should. Yeah. Oh, no, the sun's <laughs> been pissed out. Oh, <laughs> so we had that conversation. Obviously, I need to admit um, Kindle in the bath as well. Um, yeah, I was going to bring attention to this. <laughs> yeah, I need, I, need to, I need to own up and say Kindle in the bath is, is not real. Um Kindle did break this week, but it didn't break in the bath. So I need to I need to clarify that. I just thought I would uh, put that up there so that you would stew and think I was just... Uh, well, I was a bit of an idiot because I put my water bottle in the same um, in the same bag as my electrics and I was walking from the shed to the house and in that journey, um, the water bottle... Just from bottle, the shed to the house. Yeah, it leaked everywhere, man. Uh, do you know what? Luckily, MacBook and charger for macbook and all of that stuff was fine but kindle was a casualty um so i had to spend 70 quid this week and then when i had a broken kindle i was like i'll just chuck it in the bath and take a photo of it um (laughs) so but you know what weirdly even though it was broken and it and it's beyond repair like it was weird putting it in the bath still i was like oh i don't want to do this do you know what i mean it felt wrong yeah yeah (laughs) it goes against all your natural instincts yeah some people are daredevils and they climb El Capitan with uh, no <laughs> ropes. I was living on the edge, putting my Kindle in the bath, even though I knew it was always broken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, are, you junkie, you, you adrenaline junkie. Wow. Well, the the crazy impressive. thing is that as soon as I got out of the bath, I got a call from Netflix. They were like, we heard you've done something crazy. We need to, we're making another you want documentary. You documentary? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, my God, they're running low on content. So they're coming next week to uh, recreate nice. the, kin- the Kindle in the bath scenario when the Kindle was Mentoring already Mentoring a moron, uh, moron and Kindle in the bath. Very nice. Yeah. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of adrenaline, this week I found um, my little adrenaline moment was um, whilst gardening with some friends, just digging Mate, I'm some really holes. sorry. I'm really sorry. I've got to plug my nose again. I know I did this last week. Oh, oh what are you like? Sorry. Isn't he professional, guys? I don't know why as soon as we start recording this podcast the, my nose just seems to want to be blown that's very odd maybe your nose has technical issues I'm going to blow it before we start this week sorry mate I've really interrupted <laughs> your flow I've, I've interrupted your flow there that's really rude sorry you've been doing yeah, adrenaline very, stuff this week yeah so whilst digging in this field um, we, were, we were like mashing up the soil we we're going to plant some stuff and then uh, my friend just um, so I live in Germany my friends are German he turns to um, <laughs> to the other other person who is with us and says something in German, and then this friend like takes ten steps back, and I'm like, "What? What's going on?" And she goes, "Ah, uh, he just said he thinks he's found a grenade." Um. Ha! 
That's and crazy. I was like, what part is the grenade? And he's like, this part here. And I was like, oh, is it the orange thing that's there? Yeah. Oh, I've been hitting that for a while. Shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so um, we were kind of like, oh, are we just being a bit stupid? We got the landlord over and the landlord was like, yeah, that might be a grenade. I think that's a grenade. Holy shit. Got the police over. The police uh, look at it and go, yeah, we're pretty sure that this is an explosive of some kind. So then we had to wait. Like they sent off some pictures. We had to sit there and wait whilst they found out about this. And then um, <laughs> That's mad. It was like, they go, guys, uh, it wasn't a grenade. It was a bomb. <laughs> It was a World, World War II incendiary bomb. Where for, World War Two? I think so. I think it was World War Two. I that might be making mad. that up, but I don't think there would have been anything dropped around that time. Maybe it was World War One. But so you you're doing a little bit of digging in the garden, and you yeah. uncover a World War Two artifact. If you text Ron Finley, yeah. you should let him know. Oh, I was I was uh, I was cha- I was channeling my inner Ron Finley. I might let him know that you know you inspired me, but you also put my life at risk, mate. Mate, so, that's cr- that is crazy. You can't write that because I, I did see your Ron Finley post, and I thought, oh, he's such a little do-gooder, isn't he? Like here, here I am, like breaking Kindles and not really doing anything, and you're actually <laughs> out in the garden, like creating your own little vegetable extravaganza. So I was like, fair play, vegetable to you. extravaganza. So, yes. so you find this bomb, mm. or at this point, you've kind of think it's an explosive. What, what, what did you do? You, you were just hanging around, were you? That was like, yeah, we'll just chill well, the- here. The first thing I did was I said, um, um, we, the, we're kind of going, what, what do we do? This is such a unique and abnormal situation. So yeah, I said, sure. well, first thing, let's look up the blast radius of a World War II grenade and let's see if we can stand far enough away and throw stuff at it. <laughs> um, just, just to... Um, just to like see. Uh, but then I looked it up and the blast radius for a grenade is... Uh, fatalities within 15 meters, potential fatalities up to 250 meters. Wow. Um, From a grenade. So I was like, yeah, yeah, because of the shrapnel, it goes flying. And of course, they're like each of these little bits of shrapnel are like 250 uh, meters. Yeah. Um, That's a long way. Yeah, when they had the. So then I kind of was like, well, better to be safe than sorry. And so we all agreed and went to get the landlord. And landlord was was over there. taking a look um and we were all kind of thinking what to do i tried to practice my german but um i the only thing i said is um i said noch einmal drücken which means hit it again um not not that it's <laughs> where, a good where did idea you pick up but that phrase may i ask <laughs> <laughs> where's that come from <laughs> well when we go into tinder marketing i'll tell you ah yeah i'm excited uh, for tinder marketing <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, so it was. Um, yeah, that was just because I could only say those knew those words in German. I didn't know enough German to put together a proper plan. But yeah, wow. we just had to hang around and see how it went. But it was very strange, but really cool. <laughs> so, um, mate, that is super yeah. strange. That's that's a crazy story. Like doing mm. a bit of gardening, find a bomb. What did they do with it? Um, so a disposal team came in the morning the next day, and what, like Monsters um, Inc. style, where they've all got the yellow hazmat suits on. We got a twenty three nineteen. We got a 23-19. <laughs> uh, well, I wasn't there in the morning. Um, uh, I came a bit afterwards, but they were just like, "I've got." I think I got a picture of it sent um, over. But yeah, they've um, they just came, removed that it. That's mad. But but apparently, because I wasn't there, the guy got out the car, the bomb disposal guy. Um, so I assume he wasn't in a suit because he just walked up there, looked at it, and went, "Oh yeah, cool." 
Yeah. And picked it up and then like threw it in the back of his car. So I was like, that's mad. Okay. <laughs> Probably weren't as at risk as we thought we could have been, but yeah, uh, that guy was either very, very confident in his diagnosis that the bomb was not, <laughs> didn't, was not able to explode. Um, yeah. or just really ballsy. So it's not something you want to try out. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, you know when try, we you found it, that. we like safe. Be, let's be safer than sorry. So yeah, for yeah. sure. I'd have been really yeah. annoyed of you if you'd have blown up week five into the podcast and I had to do it on my mm. own. I've got ninety six episodes left of just me because you've blown <laughs> yourself out. You, un- <laughs> you selfish <laughs> you, little prick. <laughs> you careless little prat. <laughs> well, what was funny? It was um, it was my friend Lisa. She had. Um, so we're digging out these um, bits in this hill to create these vegetable patches. Mm-hmm. And in order to take it, because it's a hill, we needed to dig a little bit in and pile up a little bit out to make it flat. And so mm-hmm. to cut into this hill, she was like putting a spade in the ground and then just jumping on it to make sure it got low enough. And mm-hmm. so I said, oh, that's basically where the bomb was. Imagine that. You just like oh, jump, move on, Jesus, jump next time, <laughs> flying. And I was like... There'll be bits everywhere. Yeah, it'll be a big jump. But I did say it, of all the ways to go. <laughs> it'll be a big jump. Of course, she took off. Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh, bit much there. Show off. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Of all the ways to go, wow. though, imagine if if I was talking at my own funeral, having been blown up by a bomb whilst gardening, I wouldn't be mm-hmm. able to take it seriously. I was like... James, unfortunately, he passed away when he jumped <laughs> on a bomb whilst planting some tomatoes. <laughs> it blew me away as it did him. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so talk to me about progress with Tinder marketing. I obviously like came up with this idea last week that we were going to market the podcast via Tinder. And um, yeah. For those of you who didn't listen last week, I basically said that Travis should or James should set up a Tinder profile as Travis Pepper, start communicating with people um, and see if he can get them to check out the podcast. And uh, I think it's a genius idea. I think it's foolproof. I don't see how it could go wrong. Um, More on proof. Yeah, absolutely. And I've also, before we dive into the proper podcast, Mm -hmm. I've had... I'm interested to hear how week one has gone, but I've also, um, I've had some further thoughts on how we can take this to the next level as well. All right. Okay. So I set up the profile. Yep. Um, So Travis Pepper, uh, 25. I put his birthday as uh, the day that I stole the name off you. So that was the 24th of December. I think that was. Okay. Um, Cool. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Very nice. Um, So bio, Travis Pepper entrepreneur fashion tycoon confidence coach two-time <laughs> grammy nominee for best costume and now podcast host the best one there is uh what did you say about conf- confidence confidence coach yeah that's excellent <laughs> um next line is r u d t l um and when people ask what the hell does that mean it's are you down to listen to my podcast <laughs> and final oh, line is Send reviews, not nudes. 
<laughs> yes, that's quality. Send reviews, not nudes. That's brilliant. I love that. So, yeah. So, uh, so I set the location to, we started in London because, you know, hub of the UK, uh, we're both English. So let's, we thought we might as well, you know, um, we're speaking in English and it might be nice. Um, so we've got a few, uh, matches. Um, shall I count these up? No, I can't be bothered. I'll just bring our attention to a couple of them. Um, so I like a good pun. Oh, can I say, if it's a first name, it doesn't matter if I say it, I don't think. I won't say the rest of the conversation. What do you think? Can I, can I read out my, my opening message to this person with their name? Well, in it? I mean, unless the name is like so unique that there's only one person in the world with it, I don't see why not. Well, it's a pretty unique name. The name's Mint. Mint? Like peppermint. Nice. So I said, we are a little worried about our latest episode. Would you mind taking a listen and giving us some words of encouragement? <laughs> oh, no. Please, please tell me that got a response. Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> what, what, did you just say, fuck off? <laughs> no, but, but, but after convincing, uh, she said, uh, I listened to a bit. It was good, but I can't understand everything because my English is not very good. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Oh, that's oh, that's really sweet. Where, where, but but that uh, was, and that was in London. Yeah, but remember, I'm using this passport thing that's free. Other people could be using it as well. So, again, not necessarily from London. Um, uh, of course. Okay. Now, this is my favourite opener. I only do... <laughs> this is so, so bad, but I think it will be funny. Um, I might have to put a disclaimer afterwards for this. But um, for those who are familiar with the social, the <laughs> this kind of dating, this Tinder dating, might uh, understand where I'm coming from here. But my opening line for a few was, hello, so-and-so, let's play penis or podcast. I'm going to send you a link and you have to guess whether it's a dick pic or a brand spanking new episode of Travis Pepper's Mentoring a Moron. <laughs> oh, Christ. I said no dick pics, um, all right? So. Yeah, obviously, because yeah, the link was to the podcast, but there have been a lot of good, good reactions to that. Some people have gone, yeah, mostly pe- most people have just gone, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but then the issue, that. the small issue, well, I don't know if this is an issue, but I feel like it's an issue for actually marketing the podcast Mm. is one person was just like, well, um, how about if you're near, where is it? Okay, so somewhere in London. Um, and <laughs> so she goes, how about you come over with both? Oh, <laughs> to my, nice. And I was just nice. like, no, I'm just here for the metrics. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> just listen to the podcast. So she was into Travis Pepper. Like she's not even saying... Like because all of the photos, obviously we'll put them on the Instagram, uh, the mental in a morning Instagram, but all of the photos are of Travis in like your leopard print clad. And there's some fucking fantastic photos in there. The one of you in the Santa suit doing a handstand really tickled me. Um, <laughs> that was a great photo. So these photos aren't exactly James in his best light. Um, but I love the fact that you've said, what have you said? Podcast or penis? And she said, bring both. That's quality. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah well let, to put it into context as well the third photo on the profile is a picture of me picking my nose so mm, 
Oh, I don't know. You, are, you actually, maybe... are you actually picking there? I thought that was just okay. like... Oh, well, the context of that photo is actually... Um, I was taking a Snapchat picture to send to the person who was taking a picture of me whilst I was taking the picture. Uh, okay. Um, so I, I was just like, we were just sat at the table. He'd opened his phone and then suddenly there'd be a picture of him, me on his phone of me picking yep. his nose. But he saw yep. me doing it and took a photo. So gotcha. <laughs> I, I, okay. I like it. It's, a, it's one of my favorite photos of me. All but yeah, sense. that's how Tinder marketing's gone this week. So cool. I don't know. Do we do we stick around in London for a bit or should we start no. to take this international? We absolutely do not. And that was why I was going to say I've got a little added extra to this because I was looking on the stats for the podcast where you can see where the listeners have been. Mm-hmm. And I was having quite a good time because the UK and Germany are obviously the main download areas. We've mm-hmm. had five mm-hmm. over in Australia. What really tickled me is we've actually had a listener in India which made me laugh because I was like, I so hope they were listening to episode four where you're talking about is Sagali an Indian side dish? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> is it an Indian side dish? I got it all wrong, so I'm never listening to that podcast again. Um, also, Russia. Russia, we've, 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 we've conquered Russia. So I was thinking, can we move Travis Pepper on a world tour and take him mm-hmm. round to every country and just get this whole map coloured in? Because... We've got 195 countries to tackle and we've got 100 podcasts to do it. And I just think each week we should like, right, okay, try these two. So I was thinking, I think I think the Nordics will like Travis Pepper. I think that's a bit of them. Really? Um, okay. Cool. I feel like the Nordics will like it. I'm thinking Sweden, Norway, like Finland. Mm-hmm. I reckon this week we like try and tackle those and like see if you can get... Because every time you get a listener, we'll... The map will colour itself in. So we could just like take screenshots of it as, as he goes around <laughs> <laughs> and see if we can get the whole thing coloured in. That'd be nice. amazing. That'd be, That'd good. be absolutely amazing. There's going to be some toughies <laughs> in Africa, I reckon, to, to, uh, to tick off. But yeah, I reckon this week start with something like maybe, maybe you've got to tick off two a week. If we can get Sweden and Norway done this week, I think that'd be a massive win. Okay, cool. Right. So. We'll do three days in Sweden, three days in Norway, and we'll be ready for next episode. Cool. <laughs> On it. This is going to be, this is tra- Travis Pepper Travels. Um, Travis Pepper Travis Pepper's Travels Tinder Travels. Tinder. Yes. Ta- no, I can't even say it. Travis Pepper's Tinder Travels. I love that. Are we, are we yeah. going to talk books and all things fantastic? Yeah. Let's no. let's actually move to the content of the podcast. <laughs> cool. So if we before we do that, I need, and I've been really bad today, mate. I need to do all this before, but I need a wee. Um, so can we like have a quick pause and then do that little, the Travis Pepper show, and then I'll come back and I will be drained. I'll make sure I blow my nose and we're, we're good to go. Or I know what I'm you, actually going to put. Okay. You can put what you want. You'll see when I can have a little chat and then. Uh, I'll have a chat with myself. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're good. Give me two. <laughs> I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to play you some audio of Luke singing to himself before this podcast started. Cool, I'm back. I'm really sorry. I figured out what oh, it is. Back. I think it is having a coffee right before the podcast is just not a good shout. So next week, I'm not going to do that. 
Um, anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm ready. Let's do it. Well, it's Mark up Manson. to you to redeem this. Come on. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Mark Manson, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Wow. Okay, mm. I do my little one pages. I think I've got five pages here of notes like that we could go through, which is crazy. Um, this, this, yeah. this, this book is almost like the moron Bible. And I mean that in a nice way to Mark, because like I, I think that if like I had a religion, I think this would be the book that the religion follows, if that makes sense. Because I flicked through it and I was like, oh God, I can just relate to that. I can relate mm. to that. This makes sense to me. Um, and it's it's obviously very interesting because the name is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. So it's like, well, what? what yeah, I think that there's a big question mark when you start the book of what does he mean by not giving a fuck? Because there's a point where he says, obviously, like, it's impossible to not give a fuck because you have to give a fuck about something in life, right? You know, not giving mm. a fuck about anything is technically not giving a fuck about anything. Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot in the book, which I think kind of just can help people to, it makes you think about what's really important to you and what's mm -hmm. really important in life and what isn't. Um, so like there's a, there's a, there's a section that I've, I'll read it out and, um, yeah, oh, nice. then, yeah. then you can, then you can take, like, we can, we can discuss it, but it's, it's a bit lengthy. So it basically says our society today through the wonders of consumer culture, basically, Hey, look, my life is way cooler than yours on social media has bred a generation that believe having feelings of guilt and anxiety is not okay. And if you look at your Facebook feed, everyone is having everyone is having having a fucking grand old time. Look, there's eight people that have been married this week. There's a 16 year old that's bought a Ferrari for their birthday. And meanwhile, you're at home flossing your cat and you can't help but think life sucks even more than you thought. And to me, like that little section means I think it rings so true because I think today in society we're in a culture where you are getting bombarded left right and center with images of people that are living their mm. best life and it's hard to look at that and think I sh you know it's hard to look at that and feel like you shouldn't be doing that do you know what I mean you want to also yeah. be that person and um, I think that's a very good point that today we live in a world where people celebrate that extremes and you can see the people that are living at the extremes and it makes you naturally feel bad and feel guilty and feel like your life isn't worthy um, because it's not as good as, as what you see online. Yeah, exactly. So with your, um, the whole world is in a bell curve basically. So, you know, and you're most likely to not be at the extremes of this bell curve, but the media and everything will put forward the best of the best people having the best, best lives and also the worst of the worst people doing the worst thing. And you're probably not at either end of this bell curve. You're probably somewhere in the middle sure. with other people. And I think that uh, not only does um, is, is this a negative thing from the media side of things, but going into this book, some of the ideas that I already had before that the book really uh, emphasizes on is that um, society encourages everyone to just be pursuing happiness. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's like, happiness is the best thing ever. And if you're not happy, something is wrong. And so mm -hmm. therefore people, when they're not happy, feel like something is wrong. And then they end up beating themselves up about it. If you're angry, you get angry at why you're angry. If you're anxious, you get anxious about being anxious. And you end up in a negative spiral. But yeah. overall, you should... You, he, one of the things he says is, more often, generally, 
your emotions are there for reasons. They're they're mm-hmm. signposts, they're indicators that something needs to change. You need to do something about it. Most of the time, they're correct. Of course, they are unreliable, so you should always be logical with them. But this was yep. something that um, I kind of believed before going into the book as well. So the way he talks about this as, as well is really a good way of phrasing it and putting it across, which is another great thing about the book in general is that even though he... You know, he he makes references to uh, Charles Saunders Pierce, uh, Charles Saunders Pierce, and William James, who are big uh, philosophers, American philosophers, the fathers of uh, pragmatism. But he's written it so colloquial and accessible. Like reading the book, he's just—it's like he's having a chat with you. So it's really easy to digest. But he's really getting these tried and tested points across as well, which is awesome. You're basically, saying he's dumbed it down for me. Basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, you said it was the moron Bible. Yeah, that's why I get it. Um, Yeah, no, no, I I agree. I agree with you. I think once you get your head around um, what he's trying to say in terms of not giving a fuck, um, it it does kind of all start to ring ring and make sense. Um, Like, Mm. because there's another part in the book where he says, and I think this is really interesting. He talks about positive experience and negative experience and he says Mm -hmm. the desire for a positive experience is in itself a negative experience and paradoxically the acceptance of a negative experience is in itself a positive experience Mm. yeah yeah and that was that was a um like a new thing for me a new way of looking at it for me so like i like I said, I went into this book with already some ideas that align with his approach. So, you know, this thing about happiness um, and also the idea that um, the world these days tries to make everyone feel like they're exceptional or special in some way, which I hate. I hate that kind of idea. And he goes and he talks about essentially if you indulge that notion, um, then you or anyone you know that isn't being special or extraordinary isn't worth it you're not Mm -hmm. worth it if you take that approach and you should instead have this more mundane approach but um with the uh the there are a couple of values that he introduces in the book which i hadn't even considered before and one was the um uh how you measure and how you how you look at things and how to set good values and ones that are within your control that are constructive and they're based in reality because the, what is it? The, I, oh, what's the best way to explain the difference? Like bad values are ones that are dependent on external factors, things that you actually can't control. And there's no point in yep. having values that you can't control. And so yep. uh, an example is, um, what's the value? I want to be a rock star. That is a bad mm-hmm. value because that's dependent on so many different things. But if your value is instead I'm going to make as much music as I like and I enjoy and put that out there and I'm going to put myself out into the world uh, as open as possible. That's something mm-hmm. you can control, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, And yeah, that was something sure. that I kind of, you know, I think I might have followed this kind of mantra a little bit, but uh, this really put it into context and like explained it in, in, uh, in front but what was the quote you just said uh sorry i, I like um what the, wow. the one i said a second ago 
Yeah, yeah. What, what, what was that one again? So the desire for positive experience is in itself a negative experience. So mm. like it's saying sitting here and thinking, I want this, I want that, I want this, yeah. I want that is bad for you. And actually, if you say, oh, I've had a shit day today, but I'm just going to accept it and get on with it. That ability to look at that negative experience and accept it is actually a positive one. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. I like that. And that also rings through to one of the things that he talks about, which I got overly passionate about. I know it's a very specific part of the book, but when he talks about those shitty values um, quite far on in the book, one of the ones that really resonated was the staying positive. And Mm -hmm. I like, I totally agree. I like all... All of like putting what he says is putting a positive spin on everything and denying negative emotions leads Mm -hmm. to prolonged negative emotions and emotional dysfunction. And I totally get, I I totally agree with that. And I hate all these um, uh, bios that people have that are just like (laughs) positive vibes only, you know, like (laughs) just it's like, oh, everything's everything's great, everything like you know happens for this reason you know and Mm. i go things are allowed to be shit life is life is suffering and that's one thing that he really pushes which is the fact that life isn't great there is going to be suffering so pick suffering and interpret Mm -hmm. it in a way that makes you happy yeah and that's like choosing what what's the question that he asks he asks yes he, he spins a question around instead of asking like what do you want from life yeah or what do you want to do instead ask what pain do you want in your life and what are you willing to suffer for yeah and it's a much better question to ask yourself because yeah 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 i want to be a big movie star do i want to go to audition after audition and put myself out there bum about on sofas with no money no i don't Mm -hmm. so i'm not going to attempt to be a movie star but if i keep living thinking this oh i want to really be a movie star but i don't want to really put myself out that's not good (laughs) simply put so yeah no i think i think that's a really that point you touched on about you know always being positive is one that rang true with me as well because i would say i'm always positive Um, And I always Mm. try to put a positive spin on anything and I try to, and I don't think I'll change that, even though I've read in the book that it can be a problem because I do genuinely think I'm very lucky. Um, I've got a lot in my life. I've been brought up in a loving family. Like, yes, I do have ups and downs, but there's nothing for me really to moan about. So I always try and stay positive. But the the point Mm. that he makes is that, you know, we enjoy solving problems and, we get a kick out of it and it and it brings happiness if we can overcome adversity and we can overcome our problems um it makes us feel like we're achieving and it brings that happiness so if you're positive all the time and you can't see these problems it's um what he basically says is it doesn't give you any issues to solve and you're just mm-hmm. caught in this kind of loop you know of yeah. happiness all the time and, and denial um but yeah, I mean, I don't know if we we kind of covered it, covered it, but like I was just going to kind of say in detail that when he says not giving a fuck, he doesn't mean being indifferent. 
he means being comfortable with being different. So it's like, like I said a, a while ago, there's no such thing about not giving a fuck. You must have something you give a fuck about. But the question is, what do you give a fuck about? So yeah. it's kind of like sticking your middle finger up to it. Adversity is the way mm. that he kind of frames it and actually says, uh, the, the way that I would think about it is I'm at the moment trying to push the business a lot on social media. I'm doing a podcast. The podcast is a classic example. Like we might get people that take the piss and be like, what are you guys doing? Why, why, why are you doing a podcast? Who, who the fuck do you think you are? Like it's pathetic that you're doing a podcast. And the Mark <laughs> and the Mark Manson kind of spin on it would be fuck those guys. Do you know what I mean? Give a fuck about what they think and mm. uh, what they're trying to tell you to do. That's yeah. where his book comes in and says, you need to focus on the things that are important and then give a fuck about the rest of it. Just, just palm it off. Um, which I think is obviously a very unique spin. And I can see why the book, um, why the book really took off. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, he actually does a quote that works really well for that. And that is the, uh, to not give a fuck about adversity, you must first give a fuck about something more important than adversity. So these people That's who, true. you know, say about this podcast, you know, well, if they do, I don't pay attention. Um, but they, if they're like, Oh, what the hell are you doing? Why? You know, mm. you know, that's because we give a fuck about having this time creating something that we enjoy, we like, uh, and even at the end of the day, we've said it probably every episode, we love just having a natter on a s Sunday. So yeah, 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 yeah. Again, it's about, yeah, giving a fuck about like you have a limited amount. What is it? He says limited amount of fucks to give. Um, so you don't go wasting them giving a fuck about things that don't matter, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is awesome. I, I like, I love this book so much and I think I could talk about this for like two hours, but then there's more in this book where it talks about, you know, changing your perspective on, on things that are happening in your, in your life, uh, mm -hmm. about, um, doubting yourself in a positive way. So doubting things that you're certain on, um and that way you can always be willing to challenge your own identity um and you know and and being willing to fail as well like these are all things that he covers in this book which um he has little gold nuggets on all of these subjects the failure bit is the failure bit is awesome because he basically ultimately says like to to become a success you've got to fail right you've got to become comfortable with failing because ultimately the person that becomes the most successful is the person that's probably failed and tried the most in the past. And he, he tells that story about Picasso. Um, yeah, I love that one. It's, it's so good. I've, I've heard it before and obviously I hope it's true. Um, but it talks about him sitting in a cafe, just scribbling over a napkin. And like the story goes that he spent like two minutes, um, drawing something on a napkin and then went to throw it in the bin and, and somebody sitting near asked him if they could buy it off him and he said some ridiculous price i can't remember twenty thousand dollars twenty thousand euros or dollars or whatever yeah. it's going to be yeah and uh the person that is trying is, is going to buy it off him so like looks perplexed and is like well it's taking you 30 seconds to draw that why are you going to charge me twenty thousand for it and uh, he turns around and says well no it's taken me 60 years to learn how to draw like that. And and Mark Manson makes the point of like, it is constant repetition, failure, repetition, failure that gives you the skill sets to be able to create that and to be able to play in that league. Um, and to it, create yeah, $20,000 worth of art on a napkin. Yeah. In, in, in 
yeah in in next to no time at all which is which is very true because people people only ever see and again it goes back to social media people only ever see the surface level you know they see the success they see the people that have made it they don't see you know because it doesn't sell right you don't see the person sitting in their bedroom trying and trying and trying and and going and going and going um you just see the polished product which is uh obviously always going to be the success that you that you see yeah. The the other the other big point, I don't know how much time we've got. I could sit and talk about this forever. But I there's another there's there's another um some like part of the book that really struck me is when he talks about responsibility and fault in mm, today's world. Yeah. yeah. So he said that responsibility and fault often appear together in the modern day culture. So I think the classic example is if I drive into the back of somebody in my car that car accident is my fault and it's my responsibility to get that fixed. So yeah. we've always, we've grown up thinking, well, it's not my fault that's happened. So it's not my responsibility to fix it. And I will just walk past it and I'll carry on. But he makes the point, which I think is so true that in life responsibility and fault are not linked. There might be something that happens to you and it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility to deal with it. So the example mm. that he gives is like if if a baby was dropped on your door, that is <laughs> yeah. not your that is not your fault. But what you do with that baby is now your responsibility of whether you take them in or whether you give them up or you you ha- it's your responsibility to deal with that situation, even though it's not your fault. And they talk about a study with um, sufferers of OCD, and there's a quote from one of the lads with OCD, his name is Jack in the book. And he says, mm. I didn't, ch- I didn't choose this life or this problem, but I choose how I live with it. And yeah. that is again, so true. It's not, it's not his fault that he's got OCD, but it is his responsibility to figure out how he's going to deal with that situation. Yeah. And that's what Which, he, um, he relates back to uh, the Charles Pierce and the William James, these two philosophers as well, about taking actual responsibility for everything that happens. And because it's your life and you're, you are responsible for it. Um, and like that example, like you said, you drove your car into the back of someone, for example, um, mm-hmm. your fault, your responsibility. Now, if you're the other driver that got driven into, it's not your fault. But again, your responsibility to do something about it. So Mm. it's a tough Mm, chapter, that one. I think it is the most kind of to get your head around. Mm. Cause I feel like the majority of people will be like, he admits that it's himself. Like that's a difficult thing to potentially comprehend. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, I mean, well, the last chapter as well is, is, is just called, I've, I've not even written anything about the chapter apart from the title, which is called, and then you die. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you die, Same. which, ba- which basically is saying that eventually you're going to die and it is the inevitable and it is reality. And you've got to remind yourself that that is what you're destined for. So live your life so that when you die, you, you, you kind of, you're checking out and you've achieved everything and you've done everything that you want to do. And, and weirdly, like, again, I can, I can relate to this one because when I was in Australia, there was an activity that my old work made me do. Um, and it was like, if you're on your deathbed and you're, 
you're, you're, yeah, you, you've got your last 30 seconds and you're kind of thinking through and you're, it's a bit morbid, this. Um, yeah, just a little bit. For a, for a light-hearted podcast. Don't worry, I'll bring bed. it back in a bit. Don't worry. <laughs> you're about to die. Welcome to the Travis Pepper Show. <laughs> <laughs> Should we nice. get that okay. in the jingle? The Travis Pepper Show and then you die. You're about to die. <laughs> um, but the, the point of the exercise is basically, you know, you're sitting there and what have you what do you what what do you want to have achieved by that point and that really made me go shit like i want to run a business i want to do these things i want to do that i've got to move out of this day job i've got to change because like actually when i sat there and thought about death and thought about yeah shit that's going to happen and i don't want to get there with any regret i don't want to get there and then think oh fuck i should have done more like i really should have mm. um that's kind of weirdly something i carry with me like that eventually and you know what the crazy thing is people think and this is just me waffling on but people think that you've got time and i always think this isn't from the book this is from the moron encyclopedia um people (laughs) yeah the moron manual yeah the moron manual yeah yeah yeah. it's uh people always say to you which i think is a lie you know when you're young you hear all the time oh yeah you've got so much time you're so young like you know you don't worry about it like you've you can you've got time to do what you need to do you could fucking die tomorrow you could you know cancer could take you like you could be hit by a bus you could fall down the stairs whatever it is like there is no guarantee that you've got any longer than today and and that's one thing that's always blown my mind is people go you got time you got time that's the biggest fucking lie like so i always think about my in my my head you know yes you're gonna die and it could be tomorrow so Mm. like make sure you are getting the max out of every single day and don't waste any time don't regret missing opportunities don't regret you know not making enough effort do all these things as if like you never know what could happen because like people are entitled and and people think oh that's not going to happen to me i'm going to live the life i want to live and i'm going to not face any adversity um but reality is someone's gonna unfortunately die of cancer in their 30s you know there are some people that die young um and mm. I think when you when 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 you stop and think about that reality, you know, make make when you think about the reality of oh shit, I could dig up a bomb doing my gardening and I could blow <laughs> up tomorrow. <laughs> like yep. I could find a grenade in the back garden when I'm planting my petunias. I better, uh, I, better, <laughs> <Petunias>. <laughs> I, better make, I better make the most of life. It really does. Yeah. Make, I know I know I'm getting like super into it, but it really does make you stop and think. It does you know, for me. It does anyway. Uh, I, I I get that. Yeah, that's awesome. And and so. So we'd say this this book has definitely had a big effect on both of us. We both come away with a very, very good impression of this. So without a shadow of a doubt, this is going to be it's a book that we're going to recommend. I would recommend 100%. everyone reads this book. Yeah, definitely. It's, it, it, it's easy to read. It's understandable. And it's got some good ideas in there. You can take them, leave them. But at the end of the day, there's, I think there's nothing but positives to take away from this 100%. book. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it definitely it, goes in the... Um, Travis Pepper Library, uh, 100%. for sure. Um, but also, I found out that... Um, so the guy who wrote this, Mark Manson, is, yes. um, it's, it's, it's going to be a, um, a documentary. So okay. they're going to make a documentary out of it. Um, nice. So it was announced that the, the documentary is going to be uh, created. It's going to follow... It's going to explore society's obsessions with like pursuit of happiness, like, like I was saying. Um, yep. And it will be led by uh, Mark Madsen himself alongside the Disappointment Panzer, 
which is a character <gasps> he brings in in the book, yes. which I'm not going to say. Yes, yes, I don't yes. think we should say anything more about, but people should check it out. Um, but it's a character from the book whose superpower is to tell people the harsh truth. So he goes into that a bit more in the book. So definitely check that out. And I'll be looking forward to seeing what this um, what this uh, documentary brings out. So it'll be um, pretty pretty interesting. So yeah, good for, read for sure, mate. Yeah, and I could, as I say, go on about that. There is some awesome awesome stuff. Like we have literally mm. just scratched the surface of that book. Um, yeah. And where most self-help books are like, life is great. Tell yourself, self, life is great. Keep positive. Stand, stand in front of goes, the mirror and give yourself a high five. Yeah. Um, this one goes, actually, do you know what? Life isn't fucking great, but this is how you can deal with it. And uh, it's a different spin. And uh, as I say, yeah, every, every Sunday down at Moron Church, we uh, stand in front of the Mark Manson satellite, not giving a fuck Bible. <laughs> I pledge allegiance. <laughs> To not give a fuck. <laughs> to, be, to be honest. <laughs> I like to it. To live life like as it. a true moron. Yeah. Mm. Oh dear. So cool. But, um, I think we should check out something else that we were, okay. were on list. So we got we got two things coming up. Uh, which would you, would you like to go into the album? I don't Maybe. mind, mate. I Part of me is like, we've done 53 minutes already and... I could talk a lot about this album as well. So mm, it's, well, it's a toss up of whether you think that the Iron Cowboy is a long or short conversation. Cause I kind of don't want to rush the album. Well, to be honest, we're only releasing one episode this week. So I'm happy to go on a little bit longer. Um, if we've got stuff to talk about, we've got stuff to talk about. Um, so I can do the Iron Cowboy okay. as well. Um, I think we do one more. I don't think we do too. I mean, and, and the Iron Cowboy and both of these have dragged on for ages. Um, yeah, yeah, both of these ones. So I feel like we need to to get it out there. Um, let's see. Well, you got you got to remember though, you did have your pee break. <laughs> so yeah, if I fill yeah, in yeah, your yeah. pee break with the Iron Cowboy, we could do that. But I, I know I really want to know about your your you want to know thoughts on the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I won't. I won't say any more. But so Luke had the uh, the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. I gave this to yes. him. It's the one of the definitive emo albums of the two thousands. Uh, this band was huge, uh, sold millions and millions of records, and this was their what many people would consider their definitive crowning glory so stop Luke, selling it up because if i bag it it makes me sound like a right prick now because that's exactly what i'm like, doing <laughs> you're such a bellend when it was foals i sat there quietly and listened and you've just backed me into a corner hey prick. i'm just saying facts i'm just saying facts i'm not saying yeah, facts opinion. in your head so look okay my chemical romance the black parade mm. I, I gave this album a really good go. Like I didn't make a comment. You can obviously yeah, comment when we're going through Foles, but one thing you said when you reviewed the Foles album is you listened to everything once and you gave up. Now, for me... No, I listened to it multiple times. Oh, you didn't say that. You said you listened uh, the first, to every the track once. The first time I had to stop and like give myself a break and then I let, went back and listened to it. So... Uh, apologies um, for the misunderstanding all right okay because i was like for me you have to you know i gave an album to my cousin rosie once and uh we'll do the album at some point so i won't tell you but okay. she like first of all was like listen to it i was kind of like ah, okay fair enough and then like she was like it was like the second or third time that i was like oh my god like i get it like it just mm -hmm. kind of then started to ring anyway okay. my chemical romance the black parade it is a black and gray cover 
with a little, you know, skeleton man in a marching band suit and a sword. I quite liked him. I called him Simon. Um, Simon the skeleton was the first thing that popped into my head when I saw him. Um, I, okay. I, quite like, I quite like it. The first three tracks are called The End, Dead, and mm-hmm. This Is How I Disappear. I was like, oh my God, this has got emo written all over it. The End, Dead, This Is How I Disappear. Um, the opening, like, the opening song, I quite liked it. Um I, I liked, I like it when like bands do a little intros to albums and I felt like that was quite cool. Um, it drops into dead. And the first thing I felt when, when dead comes on is like American pie. Um, do you know what I mean? It's just got that American band, you know, kid getting off that yellow bus with his little satchel on like first day of school and the jocks <laughs> are throwing. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got the girls over on one side in their little like clan and then you've got the jocks over there and it's like, dun, 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 dun. very American pie, um, which I kind yeah. of felt was okay, but I wasn't uh-huh. like sucked in, do you know, straight away. I wasn't like, okay, yeah, I'm into this. Um, this is how I disappear I've written, he screams go at the start. <laughs> Which he does. He does this like go. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I like, if like, if I like the scream. Um, and if I'm honest, the first four tracks, I was kind of like getting through it. And I was mm-hmm. kind of like, I, I'll paint a picture for you of, do you know what? I'll paint a picture because what I, what I did was I looked and I, I, I obviously relate albums to, um, like years and where I was at that time. And this is 2006 and I'll give you an album that I was listening to. There's two albums that kind of remind me of 2006 around that time. Well, these are both from 2006 and I will bat one back at you at some point. Maybe I do it today um, for you to, because I started going, Oh my God, Travis was listening to this in 2006 and I was listening to this in 2006. And the album that I'll give you is, uh, whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not by the Arctic monkeys. And when you listen to it, think about me at that age, the same kind of age as you, I'd have been right. year 10 listening to that. I was wearing like Voy jeans and Nicholson top. I had these awful like blondie, gingery highlights in my hair like I will, <laughs> which i think now back now and i'm like will that you know like how you look back and you're like punk rocker mods all these kind of really like pivotal brand like not brands but statement specific, fashions yeah and then me i was wearing like void jeans and nick oh it was bad the nicholson polo shirt with a number one on the back like will anybody ever look back at that and be fond of it anyway i digress yeah. so yeah, the sharpest lives again. I've written like it's just kind of relentless. It's full on. I'm kind of dealing with it, but again, I'm not kind of massively into it. Okay. And then all of a sudden, the next track starts, and then it's like this nice piano, and his vocal is just amazing. And I'm like, mm. okay, this is interesting. And the lyrics, the lyrics, open, like you know, you know what the song is, right? Yeah, this is Welcome to the Black Parade. This, yeah. Is- When I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. He said, son, when you grow up, would you be the savior of the broken, the beaten and the damned? He said, will you defeat them, your demons and all the non-believers, the plans that they have made? Uh, Because one day I'll leave you a phantom to lead you in the summer to join the Black Parade. Now, I was like, that's very cool. Mm. And 
then <laughs> I was kind of thinking this is going to be a great track. And then one at, at one twenty two, I've written they scream again. And I've just written, come on, lads, is that needed? Question mark. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's, that's my view. And I felt that that opener was amazing. And then kind of like 122 and then the 155, it goes back into the American Pie kind of style thing. And I'm just like, yeah. And then at the end, it's got the, the snare drum roll with like, yeah, the do I die? You'll never make me because the world will never take my heart. I was like that. That's wicked. So the front, the first like part of that song, the back of the song, I was like, I really liked. It was just the kind of middle again that mm-hmm. I was a little bit like, mm, I'm not sure. Um, do, do you know what? Do you want to guess what my favorite, before I go like, carry on, do you want to guess what my favorite um, song was? Um, I would say if this is on there and you, and you listen to it, <laughs> like the bonus track, Blood, or um, I maybe- didn't listen to that. Okay. Um, maybe I don't love you. I think no. So that that wasn't. I don't even know if that. I don't even have to listen to that. Is that on there? Yeah, yeah. That's the one that oh, comes yeah, after yeah, the black yeah, 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 yeah. And no, I wasn't a fan of that. I was actually because I listened to it without um, looking at the favorites. I went straight into the album, and I was like, I "Won't look. I won't be influenced by what people have liked the most. I'll do my own thing." And um, House of Wolves was my favorite track by Mar. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's an awesome track. I love oh. that track. I, I thought that track was wicked. Um, I thought the way that it kind of transitions from like the in, like the 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 chorus, uh, the verses, sorry, and then it has like a middle little bridge, and the bridge into the chorus was really good. And there's like a really good tom roll in there from the drummer. Mm. Um, mm. I was like, by far, that was my kind of favourite. It felt more rhythmic to me. And it wasn't as fresh. Like, and I know this isn't super fresh, but I was like, a lot of it was a little bit on the edge for me. And, and, and this is why you've actually fucked me here is because you've thrown me this album, which is like, it's really made me think because it's kind of in Luke's world a little bit, but it's also kind of tipping out of Luke's world. And I'm right <laughs> in the middle. I, I was like, I would come to a My Chemical Romance gig with you and I can imagine you saying do you want to come to an MCR gig and I'd be like yeah do it and I'd be the guy that is stood on the edge of the mosh pit you know I'm like stood (laughs) on the edge of the mosh pit I've crossed my arms you're in the middle you're having like the time of your life you're like yeah really rocking out and I'd be kind of on the edge like I'm here but I'm kind of enjoying it I don't want to be in there do you know what I mean I don't want to be sweating around in there um I felt that there's a lot of very sad stuff in it, you know, like the song yep. cancer. There's, there's mm. a lyric in cancer, which is something like my lips are soggy from the chemo or something. I was like, Oh, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's dark. Yeah. Um, didn't like mama. Didn't like mama. Uh-huh. No, nah, I didn't, didn't like mama. Um, we've got, you get to teenagers and you've got that kind of snare drum combo, right? The poof, yeah. Like that really, do you know what I'm talking about? At the, the, the start of it, the drums. Uh, How does yeah, the song just, start? Just after... And that was the first time I was like, oh, I'm actually kind of doing a little bit of air drums here. Kind of liking mm. that. Um, guitar riff I felt was a bit more melodic. Um mm. And I quite like that track. So I'd say Teenagers is probably my second favourite track with the Black Parade being third. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, first time to 
be honest with you, I, I bailed after the Black, the Black Parade. Like first time I listened to it through, I was like, nah, that's done me because I mm-hmm. thought that song started really well and then just I'd done it, I didn't like the middle. Um, then I started to grow to like it. As I said, you've played a blinder because it's kind of like, it's not Scream that makes me run for the hills, but I don't know if I'm fully committed to it. Um, I've said <laughs> yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I was trying to think to myself, if it was for the podcast, um, would I have pushed through? Um, that was a question that I had. Like, would I? Like, if I just picked- recommended it to you without the podcast being there, would you have uh, pushed through? Yeah, not not even um, not even if you recommended it. Like, if I'd have found it from my own accord, you know, if I'd have stumbled across it and thought I'm going to give this album a go, would I have pushed all the way through and would I have seen it through? I- I'm not sure if I would. Um, I wouldn't mind listening to it again, but I also wouldn't rush back to it. You know, Mm -hmm. like it was you say, like when you said once about the Foles album and putting it on, on a, on a road trip, like if you put it on, I could probably enjoy it. Um, Okay. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I would personally choose it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been torn, mate. Like, you know what? I've been absolutely on a coin flip um, about do I, do we put it in? Or do we not? And in the end, what made me made my decision is the fact that I'm having to think about it. With Death of Anna, I was like, I like this. It's going in. And I've to- I toyed with this. And I thought to myself, if you're this torn, unfortunately, it's going to have to not go in. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. No, no, no that's fair. Because the reason, when I, when I gave this one to you, when I gave it to you, I was like, this is me establishing your threshold because you've said before like you've said like oh that band that you get you showed me a bit shouty and i'm just like they're not shouty they're not this <laughs> like or like you've gone uh like oh I like this and i'm like what are you all about they're too shouty for you i don't understand like i'm confused so this for me because i think it's i think it's less about the shouty the scree- actual screamy stuff for you but i'm more about like the intensity like from from the sounds of the way you've described this because you said the first few tracks dead this is how i disappear the sharpest lives these are in your face keep going full energy uh like you could imagine him singing shouting at the top of his lungs doing this and so i'm getting the vibe that that's more of the thing as opposed to like husky (sighs) voice and stuff like that so well, this is this is where I'm going to be a prima donna because I, this is what I was thinking about. Now, would you put? Now, maybe you wouldn't. Maybe this will be a tell for you. Would you put Good Charlotte in the same bracket as these guys? Um, yeah. it's difficult because Good Charlotte, I'd say, are part of the same scene, so they've probably got the same okay. fans from the same time. Um, yeah. They both got that kind of pop punk influence. They both got that um, that kind of emo vibe to them. But whereas mm. Good Charlotte kind of got more that pop, poppy uh, punk vibe. Um, okay. My Chemical Romance have more of this classic rock style to the music. Um, but both of them have a bit more of that intensity. But Good Charlotte is a bit more laid back, I think. Okay, so, I'm, ple- I'm pleased you said that because that was what was tearing me up was I was like, I like Good Charlotte and there's a couple of Good Charlotte albums. I'm like, I really like these albums. And I'm like, is that just because 
they played a part in me growing up and, and others like with, like with Foles I'm like it's all my you've, you've got me thinking now is all my music taste shit and is it just because like <laughs> I had a just good time just because it was there at the time yeah and actually all of the choices are my life choices they're shit um and I was sitting there with this like I like good Charlotte and I feel like I should be putting this in the same bracket so the fact that you're like no it's a bit more laid back makes me feel a little bit better mm, um okay you know, I kind of felt sometimes, you know, you know, when you see a child that's dragging their feet and their parents are like, pick your feet up. And they're just like, nah, and they're just like dragging their, that's kind of what I felt this album was a little bit like. I felt like they're purposefully dragging their feet. Like they're writing some good music, mm. but the songs and the, and, and the whole, like, it's about just kind of, I don't, I don't know. I felt that I can see the emo scene of why people like sulk. Does that make sense? It's sulky. <laughs> it's like, oh, life's mm. bad. I'm going to sulk about it. And actually, do you know what? Like life isn't that bad. You live in a middle-class house. You're 12 years old. Um, the biggest thing that's happening to you this year is you're going to discover your first pube. Like that's the most, ex- you know, the craziest <laughs> thing that's going to happen to you. And and you're down in the dumps about that because you've listened to the MCR album. But <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, that's really- well, this was a thing. They got a lot of controversy um, because people were, people were saying like... Um, because My Chemical Romance were probably the biggest band in the emo scene, uh, they got a lot of stick for the emo genre. And so a lot right. of e- emo uh, um, music, the lyrics are very inward focused and they're very like, this is crap for me. Um, and yeah. and like, if you listen to like, um, maybe something more like Taking Back Sunday, they're a little bit more like that. But the difference with My Chemical Romance, I found was that the lyrics, so this is a concept album and it it's it's based on the idea of it's written about a patient who's dying from cancer and the lead singer of this band believes that when you do die death comes to you in the form of your fondest memory and so this patient okay. had this memory of his dad taking him to see a parade in the city and so then the lyrics are all about how this um changes it so i felt like the way my chemical romance wrote this album they kind of it was more like, right, we've been sulking about this kind of music and these kind of problems for a while. Here is someone with actual problems. And so I felt like it was, for me, it was a bit more humbling, this kind of album. And it was also, again, very theatrical. So it was about more than what is just going on with yourself. So, yeah. And I didn't, and I didn't not enjoy it. Like, I, I, mm. you know, I, I'm not going to say it's a shit album. Um, mm. And I wouldn't, say that but it just didn't grab me you know massively to say uh, i'm gonna you know like, i don't think i'll put it back on again if we were together and you put it on i wouldn't be like i'll turn that shit off but <laughs> I'd, en- I'd, I'd enjoy it yeah but if you gave me the the spotify and said pick something it's not something you'd pick maybe i pick one or two tracks and maybe I'd occasionally listen to them. Like as a house, house of wolves, I actually really liked. So I probably would listen to that. I'd listen to teenagers, the black parade, mm. but there's a lot of them in there that just, I felt were like you say, quite depressing, quite down. And that, and, and there is lots of music that is, so you can't, you know, I was thinking to myself, Oh, it's quite down. But then I was like, you listen to a lot of the stuff I listen to is, is sad as well. You know, um, Adele's made an absolute mint off selling sad music it does it does sell so i don't think you can judge it on that yeah but yeah there was quite a few bits that have all added up that just said to me i liked it but it's not blown me away yeah so 
basically what you're saying it kind of has this it has this adele vibe to it so um no no no. oh god (laughs) no yeah i totally get i totally get where you're coming from with it and it was it was quite it got me thinking you've done well like honest honest to god i've listened to the album in the last two weeks no word of a lie probably nine times and i was uh doing some cleaning up this morning and I was like I'm going to listen to it again you know I've taken three or four days off of it and I was like Mm. I'm going to listen to it again because I'm not just going to say I've listened to it once it's crap I'm going to really try to understand it in terms of how I feel about it and Mm. um, as I say I can see why it went as big as it did and I can see why there's so many people that it will be a massive album and they'll be listening to me like you're a bloody moron like no wonder it's called Mentoring a Moron the clue's in the name it's fine (laughs) don't worry don't worry but but, um, but yeah I still even when I listened to it again this morning was like no I agree with my initial kind of what I've written down Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to that so unfortunately mate it's a no-goer but please listen to the Arctic Monkeys, whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. Also in 2006. And it will make you laugh because you'll go, I was listening to that. And Luke was no, listening to this <laughs> in the same in, in the same year. And I'd be interested to hear what you think of that because I'm not necessarily... Uh, we'll wait and see. But uh, have a listen and come back uh-huh, and let me uh-huh, know what uh-huh. you think. Okay, cool. So we've got a recommendation for me now as well. So we've got this album. And what? Well, okay. So we're gonna listen. To, we're gonna talk about the Iron Cowboy next time. Then uh, I think I so. Um, you said you wanted to do a movie week. I'm Should up we for do movie some week. Movies? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm down for movies. Um, before we do movies, do you want to do? Um, are we gonna do? Are we gonna do books as well? I think we should get a book on the burner. We should get one going. Um, cool. Just to slow roast it before we dig in. So Because I have been writing down all of the recommendations that we have been given. And okay. um, let me like just quickly give you a number. Um, so we've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So to anybody that sent us a book recommendation, lots of love, by the way. Um, and the biggest surprise is that uh, Luke can count. That's a nice one. Yeah. Well, do you know what my favourite book on there is? No word of a lie. I thought this was really funny. Uh, somebody sent in Mr. Tickle. <laughs> 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 the classic Mr. Man book. And I was like, do you know what? We will read it and we will review Mr. Tickle. Like, that's what we're okay. here to do. We can't, we can't, you know, we've asked people for recommendations. We should do that. And I've created what I've called the Travis Pepper Wheel of Books. Um, you can't <laughs> see it. <laughs> you can't see it. Okay. But um, it is a randomized spinner with okay. all of the different books on there. So I'll read them out. We've got Shoe Dog, Mr. Tickle, The Invisible Woman, Conspiracy, Legacy, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And the last one, I don't even know. It looks like Habab, H-A-B-A-6. Mm-hmm. How would you say that? Habab, H-A-B-A-C. I don't even know what that is. So I'm going to spin the wheel. I will take a screenshot. So I'll upload it to Instagram um, at some point this week so that you can see that it is what it's, it is what it landed on. And ready? In three, two, one, we spin. This is going to be anticlimactic because it's spinning. Okay. <laughs> Still spinning. Speeding up. Spinner is slowing down. <laughs> We've got the invisible woman. Boom. Nice. Okay. We cool. on. So what we'll do it. is we'll, we'll get get the person who recommended this to uh, give us a little context about it, and then we will dig in. Um, That's a cool idea. 
Well, yeah. so you're going to get them to send us a clip of why they've recommended it and we put yeah, that in the Yeah, get a little, like, like Love an that. audio clip. And then we'll play that, that before we start discussing it and uh, we'll be like, oh shit, we didn't, yeah. Hmm. We didn't think that at all. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. That's very cool. So the book that we have on the go is The Invisible Woman and that is ready to go. And movies, let's talk films. Go, go, go. Cool. So I, I have uh, some recommendations. Um, I've, so basically, I didn't want to just put in like, this is my favourite movie because it's like superheroes and I like superheroes. I wanted to put like <laughs> movies in there that I thought, whoa, these are cool. These are really, really interesting. Um, but okay. I ended up with a few when I was going through my list. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quick list of two, three word summaries. A list? I'm, gonna, no, I'm, not, I'm just going to give you some summaries and you're going to pick out of these summaries. Okay. Um, so are you ready? Are you ready uh, for do this? I have to write them down? Uh, no, just do it. I'm ready. All right. So Fuck it. your choices are scary drumming. Okay. Racism, piano player. Oh. Quirky hotel. Okay. Is that host? Is that Hotel Transylvania? Because if it is, I'm not watching that kids' film. No, no. It, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was Grand Budapest Hotel. But um, okay. So um, yeah. Um, dark kidnapping. There is. Okay. Um, off the grid family. Okay. Psychopath cameraman. You've got loads. Disabled adventure. Introduction to superheroes. I'm going to go for uh, off the grid family. Off the grid family. Ah, nice. So this is, uh, the movie is called Captain Fantastic. Okay. It's about uh, parents that decided to raise their kids off the grid and the movie the movie starts with some complications about um them being part of the real world and i think it's really awesome and i'm looking forward to hearing what you think about it so captain fantastic um, okay it's got the guy who plays aragorn from lord of the rings as the main character ah, it's one of his still got uh, his long hair uh yeah he does actually does he? Nice, yeah. Pretty I like sexy his beard hair. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've always been a fan of him. I'm glad I picked that one in because I get the long hair and the beard of Aragorn. Perfect. Yeah. Um, uh, cool. So we've got Invisible Women. I've got a list of Arctic Monkeys. You've got um, Captain Fantastic. What else? Have you do you want a film more? as well? Yeah, I want to watch a film this week. Yeah. I okay. Do. Cool. So when you said I'm, um, I'm didn't want to bring a film and just go. Oh, it's my favourite film. I like it. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> oh dear. So to be um, fair, I do like the film I gave you. I really like the film I gave you. <laughs> I'm sure you do. And and like it was funny because you kind of. Like probably all of the films that you would have recommended me, I wouldn't have seen anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, cool. <laughs> but I'm going to go with what the one that I said in episode one. Um, I'm going to go with the gentleman because ah, it's the cool. only, it's the only film I have been to the cinema and seen twice ever in my life. Um, Struggled with that hard, one, didn't you? <laughs> what do you mean that sentence? That, that sentence, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, because I just think in my head, I was always just giving a bit of a summary about what his film is and I've not got one in my head. I'm just thinking, uh, man who's selling weed, um, Guy Ritchie, guns, lots of deceiving. No, it's, um, what's cool about it is obviously it's, it's a Guy Ritchie film and he, and he does the kind of, um, 
the gangster films that twist and turn. So it is a very classic one of those. And if you like Snatch and if you like Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, then, you know, this is from the same mold. Um, but what I like about it is the spin is, um, that the main character is kind of, he's been in the scene for a while and he's getting to the point where he's going to get pushed out at some point. And it's that kind of dance around the new kids on the block that are coming in and taking over the territory. And he's the kind of the old, the old wolf that's kind of maybe at the end of his time. Um, mm. And it's interesting to see that dance between, you know, the classic old school way and the young millennial style social media i'm on social media da, 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 i'm doing things differently um they're not they're not posting drugs on social media but um that's a really bad way to explain, <laughs> to explain it but you'll Tell see you what, what i mean i'll watch the movie and i'll explain it a bit better yeah 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 and i like the four main characters in the movie as well like hugh grant is in this film and mm. um you wouldn't have thought it was hugh grant you know i expect him to be in some hopeless romantic um Love I do like I do thing. like Hugh Grant. I think he's he, he he's, gets a lot, he's one of those people that gets a lot of stick, but I, I I like him as actor. It's got um, what's his name? Uh, Wolf Wall Street guy Matthew McConaughey in it as well. It, Matthew McConaughey um, in it. He's wicked. Charlie Hunnan's in it, and uh, that guy Colin Farrell as well. Colin Farrell's so good in this man. Um, wait until you see him in this film. Cool. So we've got uh, we've given ourselves a lot for this week anyway. Um, yes. We'll make a start on the book and then yep. next week we'll definitely get the Iron Cowboy done. Uh, easily could get the album done and um, let's talk about some movies as well. Sounds cool. like a plan. I thank you for your time, sir, as always. <laughs> um, I do apologise that I had to blow my nose and go for a wee in this one. I will make sure that next week I do not do that. Um <laughs> But hopefully with your expert skills of cutting and molding things, you will create the perfect podcast for our listeners. This is the Travis Pepper Show, episode five. I'll see you all next week. I love you lots. Love you, bye. Love you guys. <laughs> see ya. <Cheers>. Bye. <laughs> Go have another way. <laughs> it's the Travis Pepper Show. Thanks for listening, guys. If you had as much fun listening as we did prattling about on record, then tune in next week where we'll do it all again. But between now and then, you can follow us on Instagram by searching Mentoring a Moron. So good luck trying to get that out of your search history.